Hey all of you out there in Eorzea, welcome to She Heals, I Tank, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. Today is Tuesday, October 3rd, and this is episode 92 of the Shit Podcast. I'm your host, Vegan Pete, and always by my side is the lovely... Never has a choice in the matter, Avi Ale. You always have a choice, you <laughs> may just not like your choices. Options. Whatever. <laughs> So uh, before we get started, I want to thank the new subs that we got last week, Kinjo Jr., Alak, and King of Cosmos. We appreciate that support, and uh, we've got some plans to roll that money back into the show, so it's not like we're just pocketing that $5 at a time. Oh yeah, baby. That's a lot of lunches out. <laughs> Give me them burgers. So thank you to everyone joining us live on Twitch right now, and if you're listening on the podcast... Thank you so much for listening and downloading. If you'd ever like to join us live, we're on Twitch every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we'd love to have you. We love when the chat's kicking off and... Everybody's making fun of Pete. It's way more fun for all of us. I was going to say that, but I was like waiting for you to say making fun of Pete. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, you know me so well. Oh, wow. It's like kismet. And, uh, yeah, just want to thank everyone who's been in-game, hanging out with us, and, uh, I know it's been hard week, and, uh, hard month for a lot of people in general, a lot of stuff going around the world. It's all about making alts right now. No, Make I'm just talking alts. about, like, I, <laughs> oh, everyone that I've talked to in-game, like, everyone seems to know someone that's been affected by a hurricane, wildfire, flooding, horrible shooting that happened on Monday. My friend's dog so, died. Something, all, all different things, sorry. There is something going around that's affected someone, so just do whatever you can do to help. You know, it doesn't always take monetary support if you can't afford that. Donate blood. Blood. Whatever you can do. We have a member of, of our FC who has the ability to pack up and go volunteer. He's been in Houston for two weeks. Oh, that's cool. Just helping out with the Red Cross there. So I think it's a very important thing just to mention Lots of people are going through some shit right now, so do what you can to help. Even if it's just being nice to everybody. Sometimes yes. people just need and that's that. That's hard to do in an MMO sometimes, apparently. Obviously. And uh, so let's move on. Let's get on to everyone's favorite segment. Greenleaf Minute. It's the Greenleaf Minute. And this week we're going to be talking about the 24-man raids. In 4.1, we're going to be getting Return to Ivalice, and along with the Raid Duty Roulette, uh, to make it a little bit easier for players who want to run some of the old 24-man raid content, so uh, there's going to be lots of 24-man content that's going to be available to you in patch 4.1. So we we'll want to talk about Return to Ivalice. We don't know the minimum eye level for sure. But I'm expecting that it's going to be eye level 305 to be able to enter it. So I think that's a good goal to shoot for if you're not that eye level yet. And I think this because in the last uh, beginning part of the raid that we had, Void Arc, the last 24-man raid, uh, the minimum eye level to entry was 25 eye levels under the level of the gear that dropped. So we're Look all at you using logic. We're all expecting uh the new raid to drop eye level three thirty pieces. So twenty five under that would be three oh five, because I did the math. Yes, we all are because we think about these things because we have a podcast. We are very good at numbers. <laughs> <laughs> or we just run in and go, Oh cool, look what I got. 
And like I mentioned, it's a 24-man raid. So it's three groups of eight. Each group will have one tank, two healers, and five DPS. And at least in the beginning of these 24-man raids, DPS actually has a really fast queue time. I don't know if you remember that, Avi. I do. And it's actually tanks that have a wait sometimes. Ha, bitches. <laughs> suck it like a dick. That suck went it a little... like a dick? Yeah. Not just suck it. I was going to say a suck it, but like like a dick. Because it might... it's not a dick, so it's like... I don't know. I'm in a weird mood today. So as long as you're able to meet that eye level to get in for the first time, what do you think people should expect when they're going in? Like if it's their first 24-man raid... How the hell is it your first 24-man raid? Someone just picked up Stormblood, and they're so busy leveling that they didn't go back and do Labyrinth of the Ancients. So like they just skipped... Or, aren't it, none of those have anything to do with MSQ? You can skip none by all of None of those are required. Oh. Um, then list, if your group is being helpful and giving you tips, listen to them. If you are new, let people know, unless, of course, it's like the first week or two. Well, first week, I'd say. Then you can assume a lot of people are new, but um, hopefully when it's new content like that, people will be understanding and, and just say like, is there anything I need to know is usually the best question. Not just, I'm new, tell me how to do it. But you know, like, like if there's anything essential, like if I don't turn away at this one point, I'm going to get feared and most likely die. Like th there's just certain elements sometimes in fights that are good to know. And so it is assumed that you'll be learning with everyone else. But you know, there's a little, a tip here and there aren't bad, especially if you're new. And I would say if you are new and you enjoy learning stuff blind, you want to go in as soon as the content is available. Because after people clear it a few times and there's a guide up, then people will start shouting out mechanics and how to do them. So if you really want to learn it on your own without anyone telling you any mechanics, try to go in as soon as possible. And really, it's the first 24 hours where everyone is, well, most everyone is learning. Some people have already been in it, and they're just going again for fun. But, um, so that's the time where people are going to wipe and be okay wiping. It's after that, after there's a guide available on YouTube, then you run the risk of getting a couple alliances or groups that can be a little toxic. Well, because by that point, people just assume that you've done it. Even if it says you're new or you're new, they either assume you've done it or you assume you've watched the video. And again, I still actually stay with my original point on this. If you are new and you don't want to watch the video, just simply ask, is there anything I need to know? I'm new. Is there anything I need I mean, to know? I honestly, I'm, I'm okay. I don't like watching the videos for 24 minutes. I don't think you need to even do that. If you want to learn it on your own, you don't have to ask, is there anything I should know? Now, if you keep on fucking up mechanics and you don't understand what you're fucking up, then it'd be the courteous thing to do to say, hey, what am I dying to? How can I fix this? Because you want to clear the content. Well, I, I just mean more so like, I guess, because you go in not giving a fuck if you fuck up. If you fuck up, then you'll ask forgiveness. You're one of those. That's how you play. I'm the kind where I don't ever want to fuck up. So I will ask in advance. So I guess this is based on your play style. Pete's like, you know what? If I don't fuck up, cool. We're good. I went in. I ran it. I'm awesome. You know, whatever. If I did, then I might say something. Um, me, I don't ever want to get to that point because if the party wipes, I will blame myself and then I won't have fun. So I, everybody plays differently and some people will have the mentality that I have with that and some people will have your I don't give a fuck. I'm awesome mentality. 
and <laughs> generally the mechanics that we experience in the 24 man raids if you die to it you probably know what you died to like you were like oh shit i need to get out of that i need to go this way instead of that way so generally i Not if you always, don't want though for me i mean honestly like if you a good thing you can do if it's it's say it's like Ozma, Ozma, however you want to say it, where you, there's a lot of movement, where you, you know, like say, hey, I'm new, like you know, like follow somebody who knows what they're doing. Like you can kind of pay attention to what they're doing and just stand with that person and try not to get them killed. <laughs> like I, I will totally do that if um I'm new to a fight and I don't know where to stand yet. I'll just follow people that I know are seasoned and it'll help get my like mediocre ass through it. And I always find it more fun if you can do it blind. With friends that are also going in blind. Oh, yeah. That's definitely more fun. And so the loot for the 24-man raids, it starts out where you can only win one piece a week. So if it's not a piece you can use, you don't want to need or greed on it. Don't roll on anything unless you want it right away. So, And it's also a good idea to go on as the job for the piece of gear you want. Mm -hmm. So if you have a couple that are leveled high enough to be able to do this content... Make sure if you want a monk piece, you go on on your monk. If you want a tank piece, you go on as your tank. You want that option to need. Otherwise, you have to get lucky and hope that you win the greed roll. Have we seen what the gear is going to look like for this new 24-man raid? Um, there might have been a quick shot in the trailer, but mm -hmm. they haven't done like a Ivalice preview yet with any of the gear. Um, So, yeah. Is there anything else you would add about that? So... Only roll on the gear that you need during this first, probably until f patch 4.2. It's when they re undo that restriction. If you keep messing up, ask for help. But don't ask for a play-by-play. -play. Don't ask people to walk you through it. Ask for tips. Oh, and eventually, once people get this content down and it's easy, DPS like to slack off. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves. If you're a DPS, just do your best. Don't just, you know... Press a couple buttons at random. I hate that. Because I love playing as a monk in that and trying to do the best DPS. Like, whenever I'm playing monk, I'm always trying to win. Yeah, that's honestly, 24-man raids are one of the places that make, and I know you're not supposed to do it, it's one of the places that make parsing fun because it's a really great way to challenge yourself against a bunch of different DPS because you can set up your parser so that it actually compares you with everyone in the entire alliance or you can have it just be your party. So if you're trying to get better and you're a summoner and there's four other summoners, even if you're not top DPS, which of course is always going to be the goal, if you're the best summoner, it's like it kind of lets you know how you're doing on your rotation. So I, I don't know. I, I Again, I don't like to use it to bash on anyone in game maybe to pete so no one else can hear i'm like oh my god this damn freaking bard you know like keeps dying to everything but i won't type it um but it's a it's a good way to challenge yourself and keep trying to be better if that's how you want to play yeah and it's a good rule of thumb never tell anyone that you don't know uh, what's a parser klaus really what's the number fairy come on you guys so, so a parser i guess we could use this for a green leaf minute one of these times go further detail um, but it's, it lets you know how much DPS you are doing, um, or, and, and everyone else in your group, as well as how much healing, uh, people are doing and whatnot. It's, um, it's a third party application that you have to download. Um, I, again, I think we'll do a green leaf on this because, you know, again, it's not approved for Square Enix. So don't go, Hey, I parsed you. You need to up your DPS because you can totally get reported for that. You're not allowed to yeah, do it. Yeah. You, you won't get in trouble if you're just using a parser for your own use, but you will get in trouble if you, you know, 
make fun of people for their DPS numbers or something like right. that. It's a good idea to keep your parser used to yourself and your friends. I get Elknud, uh, he commented he doesn't want us to do it for the Greenleaf because it's a third party and not okay by Square Enix. But I do have to admit, Elknud, it, it made me enjoy DPSing more because I'm not one to talk shit and it, it really helped me personally. So unless you're going to be a dick about it, if you're going to be a dick about it, you probably already know about it. But if you're someone who just kind of, and, and say you're trying to do savage raids and stuff, it lets you know if your group is actually even doing the DPS required to beat the fight. So it, it is a definitely a useful tool, but it's kind of like the same thing while how they took away chatting and PVP. People are dicks and they abuse other people and, and things. And so Square Enix takes things away or doesn't allow it. And it's frowned upon in that same kind of way where you just don't don't use it as a hazing or a you know way to make fun of other people. It's like your secret fetishes. You want to just keep those to yourself. You don't want to broadcast them all Unless you over. have other people who share your secret fetish. Oh, yeah. Then it's like your, your community. And, you know. Community of parsers. At, community, at work, there's community like... Community of furries. Well, whatever you're into. I feel like mine is actually like playing Final Fantasy fourteen in a way because at work like... There are like a handful of gamers. Everyone else plays WoW. And I'm the little Final Fantasy 14 player. And I try to get other people to play. But it's still fun to have someone else to talk about gaming with. Because the majority of people just don't get it. Okay, so I think that's it for the Greenleaf Minute. Now it's time for news and notes from around the realm. And of course, the big news this week was the producer live letter. The 39th edition of said live letter. The most important thing to come from this live letter is we got a date for the patch. Patch 4.1, The Legend Returns, will land on October 10th, one week from today. Mm-hmm. So, let's get things started with job changes coming in 4.1. The only tank to see any adjustments is Warrior. And in 4.05, they added an effect to Steel Cyclone where it will absorb a portion of the damage dealt as HP. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they felt it was not enough. So the amount absorbed has been increased. Good for you. And until now, players were able to assign Fell Cleave, Decimate, and Inner Release to the hot bar. The hot bar. However, depending on the stance they were in, these actions became unavailable. Therefore, they made it so they cannot be assigned to the hot bar, but replaces the corresponding skill on the hotbar. That makes sense, actually. I I actually am really appreciating the cleanup of the hotbars now that I'm like, I've started leveling some new classes. I'm like, when do I get my new skill? Oh, wow, there's so many fewer skills now. That is one of their goals that was with Stormblood to reduce some of the button bloat. Yeah. I think overall they've done a pretty decent job on that. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, keeping with Warrior, they changed the effect of Shake It Off. Compared to other tank jobs, Warriors were lacking in party defensive skills. So funny to see that Warrior is the one getting the buff now, and for so long, Warrior has been so OP. In order to make improvements, Shake It Off will now produce a barrier that will be applied to self and nearby party members. In addition to this, if the Warrior has the self buffs like Thrill of the, Thrill of Battle, Inner Beast, Vengeance, and Raw Intuition applied... These will be removed, but apply an additional 4% buff to the barrier for each buff removed. Does anyone else hear this and then think of the Taylor Swift song? Shake it off. <laughs> I just always hear that song in my head regardless. All the time? Yeah. That's like your, your mantra? Uh, Klaus actually commented that he thought the most important part, the most of what was coming on 4.1, is now coming in 4.2. But I think we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah, we've got some opinions on that. Definitely Pete does. So I think that's some good changes to Warrior. 
Um, next up is Dragoon. Uh, heavy thrust, uh, the effect has been decreased, but they increased pretty much the potency of every other action. Um, they did this primarily because when players miss their rotation, they may end up missing the buff from heavy thrust, thus decreasing the overall damage output. With this simple adjustment, they made it so that the damage output is less likely to decrease in the event that that heavy thrust buff was missed. Basically, they're simplifying the rotation, kind of like with they do summoners in, in a more basic sense where if you die your DPS isn't fucked for the whole fight now they're taking away that one little thing that kind of helps you recover so this is kind of like a nice little recovery element um, gaze of the first brood um, dragoons are having a hard time getting back to their maximum damage output in some situations such as during boss phase changes uh, therefore they change the maximum number of gaze of the first brood units up to three so with players, um, you should now be able to do more damage, which is always the goal, right? And this was another one of their goals with Stormblood was to kind of simplify rotations. They thought in Heaven's Ward that it got a little too complicated and there was too big of a gap between the real good players and the good players. Uh, so they just wanted to condense that, make it a little easier. And I think that's... Why we got the adjustment for Dragoon. Makes sense to me. And just want to mention that chat's getting a little uh, salty in there. Uh, <laughs> well, when Klaus said uh, most of the stuff that was coming in 4.1 got moved to 4.2, they said, uh, you mistyped 4.3. You mistyped 5.0. Oh. 5.0. Ouch. Gaze of the first ludes. There were a, I'm not going to say a lot, but quite a few people upset. After the live letter. And Salt is delicious. The lack of some information we got in there. But moving on to Ninja. And I haven't even unlocked Ninja. So I can't say I totally understand these changes. They do flips. Uh, but there <laughs> was an issue where a buff from Dripping Blades and Dripping Blades 2 was applied to Doton. So they addressed this issue. Which to me reads that those buffs will no longer apply to Doton. However, they increased the potency of Doton as well, so there isn't much difference in the overall damage output, which makes me think, why did you do that? <laughs> Couldn't you just leave it alone? Mm -hmm. um, for Sakuchi, I just like that name. Shukuchi. Sakuchi. Shu. S-H makes a sh sound. I'm just going to call it Kuchi for short. That works. Uh, the time it takes for the execution to conclude has been reduced. The movement speed is on almost is on almost on par with the monk's shoulder tackle. I'm assuming that's some sort of gap closer like shoulder tackle then. Why didn't you use the Google and, and figure it out? Because it's a ninja. I don't play ninja. You I don't should, care about You know, ninja. as a good podcast owner person, you should be leveling My every class. My job is not to teach people how they play their class. No, but it is to understand all the classes. So you, My I My job is sir, to be entertaining. Should, should level all the classes so that you can give a more educated podcast. It's to make dirty jokes and make fun of you. No, that's my job. That's what I do. No, 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 no. That's what I do, honey. That's that's what that's I do. That's what we do. No, you just think you're Because we're that. the shit podcast. <laughs> I'll let you read this one because I'll be reading the next few. Uh, machinists just had their hypercharge effect increased for their rock, rook auto turret and bishop auto turret. Um, not a big change. Arcanists will have their summon one, two, and three MP costs reduced and the casting wait, time. Wait, wait, You're going into arcanist. Like, that's me. You told me to go. No, just to machinist. All right. Let me start talking then. What? I was responding to people in chat. You just talked so fast. I like tuned you out. Mm -hmm. That's why we're a great team, Avi. Uh, what? 
So arcanists, um, so this basically means it applies to both scholar and summoner, are now having their summon MP cost reduced, and the time is cut in half from six to three seconds. The reason I want to read this is because I'm the one who commented on it. Um, the whole point of this is that players should now be able to recover quicker when the player or pet is knocked out and they need to resummon their pets because it's really fucking annoying if you're dead and you have to um, swift cast raise somebody else and you can't use that swift cast to raise your pet which you also need for additional heals or dps so that six seconds to res the pet is is a big deal in a fight plus all the mp it takes so the other thing that's really cool about this is that this is possibly going to allow for more changes within play style so maybe we're going to see um scholars and summoners changing out their pets more often based on situations and basing on um, what fight they're actually doing. So I thought that was kind of cool and, and honestly very nice. Um, <laughs> nice. That's a good description. Um, Scholar has gotten a couple changes. Um, Adloquium, I hate saying that one, um, has had an MP cost reduction. Sucker has also had an MP cost reduction, and the barrier effect from Sucker is quickly equal to the amount of HP restored, and now it's going to be increased up to 150%. Um, honestly, I think the biggest issue Scholar had was their MP drain. So I'm actually glad to see that they didn't go and buff all of their skills and all of their abilities because their abilities are actually pretty solid in my opinion because I have really enjoyed playing Scholar recently. But you have to constantly be attentive to your MP because if you zone out on your MP gauge for like 30 seconds, you are in trouble. So um, I think this is definitely going to make the class easier to play, which kind of seems what they're doing. I will say I've run a couple leveling roulettes as my scholar this week mm -hmm. and hadn't played my scholar in a really long time and never remember having to pay attention to MP that much. Yes. And then a couple times I'm like, holy shit, yes. I should probably use Aetherflow. You have to use Aetherflow <laughs> constantly when you're playing Scholar now, is kind of my opinion, is that if you've got it available, you know, use it and then get it reset again so that you can use those heals when you need them. But if you've got time for it to reset, take it as MP. It's, it's kind of, it's a constant management now in order to make sure that your mp is up and that your heals are going big at the same time it's 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 why i started enjoying scholar more than summoner i i like to have too much to do on my character um i don't i don't like the simplicity that they're doing with all the characters i think it's great for you know people who like that but i'm a multitasker where i like to do six things at once or i'm bored but don't talk to her while she's multitasking no she i'm already doing handle that shit. i'm already doing six things don't make me talk to i talk or i do six things at once you ask her how her day is going, she bites your fucking head off. That's why Pete has all that hair. It's to cover up all the scars. All uh, right. So are these next changes to Summoner so, going yeah. to help you uh, feel like you're doing more? Um, Honestly, like, okay, so I don't fully understand. We haven't gone into them yet, but for Summoner, I, I don't fully understand how it's going to play based off of their written out descriptions of the changes. Um, I'm a very, very visual person. So with these changes, if I could play or I could watch somebody play and see how these rotation, how these changes will affect the class, I would get it more. So I feel really bad. I'm sure there's other people who totally get this. Um, I don't, but let's. I'm sure someone in chat will be able to, uh, help you while possibly. you're going through them. So, so first I'll go through them. And then, you know, if you guys have anything to add, that's great. From, from this, it honestly, like, I, Meh. It makes me meh, Summoner. I don't think this sounds like it's going to be that much fun. But Summoner already meh for me with Stormblood, which is why I've been playing Scholar. 
Um, so first change is tribind. Um, right now, while under the effect of Dreadworm Trance, um, Death Flare was the only area of effect attack. Therefore, as another area of effect attack, they've changed tribind. So now while you're under DT, enemies will no longer be bound. However, the potency will be increased to 100 and cast time will be reduced as well. So now basically in my mind, you have an actual reason to use tribind. Um, when they said they were getting rid of unused spells, I fully 150% expected Tribind to go away. I never use it. I don't, I see it very rarely used in rotations for summoner, but this will definitely, uh, change things for people because that's, that's kind of a big deal. I just that, like that a skill called Tribind no longer binds. Mm. Yeah. Um, so Ruin Mastery. Um, and this is something that's new to the Stormblood summoner. Um, and the description is that ruin spells will be seen some adjustments. So in accordance to this ruin mastery has been changed so that instead of ruin and ruin three being upgraded to ruin four, ruin will now be upgraded to ruin three. I'm just going to keep reading through these because that way we can get through it all. So, okay. So ruin will be upgraded to ruin three. A new trait, which will be upgrading ruin two to ruin four will also be wrote added. And as far as Ruin 3, while under the effect of Dreadworm Trance, now Ruin 3 can be cast instantly. So now you can spam Ruin 3 before you used to get that proc with Ruin 4 and it would go over your Ruin 3 and your Ruin 1, but now it goes over Ruin 2 instead. Ruin 4 currently replaces Ruin and Ruin 3, but not Ruin 2, while under the effect of Further Ruin. With adjustments made to Ruin Mastery, Ruin 4 will now replace Ruin 2, which I kind of we kind of just said. Um, I wasn't listening. Can you start it over? No, it's 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 really really confusing. And so I'm I I get like things are changing what they're replacing, and I guess that's why it's confusing to me because the whole replacing of spells thing is kind of new to Stormblood, and um, I still was just starting to get it to, to click. Um, Aether Pact, which is um, using Bahamut, basically. Um, they said it was difficult to use, and so they changed it to a party buff to players nearby the pet. Fuck you guys. Like, I'm sorry. The whole reason I played Summoner was for the big booms. And now I'm a goddamn casting fucking bard. Why you gotta keep doing this shit to me now? I'm support? I don't know. That's... <coughs> I'm a selfish bitch. Like, I want my big attacks to be helping me, not everyone else. And and that's not why you play Summoner. Summoner's not really that kind of... Eh. So, yeah. That's... The changes of it. So yeah, Chili, so you say yes, yeah, so Ruin 2 goes to 4, Ruin 1 goes to 3, but what the fuck does that actually mean? <laughs> I guess uh, the only way it makes, we'll see, and it doesn't make sense because Ruin 2 is an insta-cast, and now Ruin 3 is an insta-cast when you're in Dreadworm Trance, but Ruin 2 goes to 4 and Ruin 1 goes to 3, so your insta-cast goes to a long cast, and your long cast goes to an insta-cast, and it just, it just logically doesn't make sense to me, so hopefully it plays smoothly. I don't know. Uh, it means numbers. All right. And so other complaints for Summoner was the big ass size of Bahamut taking up everyone's entire screen. And I actually really, really, really like how they handled this because as a Summoner, I like him being huge. I'm like, he's my fucking summon, bitch. Like I hummed, I hummed, I summoned this big ass dragon and I wanted to be a big ass dragon. So rather than the size of the summon being determined by the Summoner, you get to decide it. So you can control the size of Bahamut on your own settings. So I think that's great. 
So the summoner can still enjoy having that big ass fucking summon and you will see just like a little tiny Garuda sized thing. So I think that's uh, a good, good job. Um, if you want to have the boom, you should go on Black Mage. It's all about the boom. I didn't, I've, I've actually been playing Black Mage on my alt. I don't find Black Mage's boom as, um, satisfying as summoner. So that's, that's just kind of something, I don't know. I can't, I, yeah. And sorry if I was popping, guys. I, I'm still getting used to not having to be so close to my microphone. At least you weren't pooping. But we're the shit podcast. That's like what we're supposed to do. Um, there have been some changes to a couple caster roll abilities. The recast times of Adol, Mana Shift, Apocastasis have been reduced. Do you know what any of those do? Um, I hear uh, casters, when they run out of mana, ask for someone to call for Mana Shift. And yep, that's about my knowledge on that. <laughs> it's fine. Um, currently, Surecast allows players to cast the next spell without interruption and has an additional effect to nullify knockback and draw in effects. This will be adjusted so that players are able to cast without interruption for five seconds, keeping the additional effect. This should help casters dodging mechanics some more. I do understand that one because I do use Surecast when I occasionally, you know, once every couple years play my <laughs> scholar um so yeah that will make you able to move in and out while still doing a couple heals or whatever yes um i honestly i'm sure cast was one of those spells for me that i always felt like i should be using but i rarely ever do i i didn't i don't have it on my selection of abilities i i haven't really found it amazing when i'm with a group Maybe I'm the rarity. I still use it just because... You don't know how to play a caster? Just, I mean, you're not I'm wrong. <laughs> you don't know how to, like, do the cast and slide so that you kind of, like, move, but you continue casting. Oh, no, and then, I like... can do that because I do that with Monk on positional okay. sometimes. Um, which is really weird because every other game I always played mages, and this one I'm all melee. Um, last but not least, Sustain is returning for Arcanist, Summoner, and Scholar. They had a lot of requests for this, so wait, be wait, why brought are you back. even talking about this? You didn't even know what sustain was until I told you. I know, and I wrote that in. I was gonna say I don't know what the fuck sustain is, and then you told me you heal your pet or some shit like that. Yes, I actually am really glad that they brought sustain back because um, you your healers can't see your pet's HP bar unless they choose to, but then they can only see it above your pet, so. They're not necessarily going to notice that because they're paying attention to the party's bar, the party bars. Um, and so it wasn't something that ever got healed. So you just basically got stuck with your pet dying because you had no way to heal your pet. And then the six second recast time to try to bring it back. So this along with the shorter recast time is definitely great. And we, we needed that. Like it, it's fucking annoying to have to resummon your pet mid battle. Like, especially if your pet's not getting any heals. Well, just move it out of the way so it doesn't die. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Forgot to mute my phone. Sorry if you guys heard the beep beep. Um, before we move on with what was in the live letter, let's go ahead and quickly talk about what wasn't in there. And I don't want to dwell on it too much because it pretty much confirmed what we had been suspecting for the last few weeks. Uh, there was no mention of Eureka or Relic Weapons. So I would not expect these until patch 4.2 at the earliest, uh, because if it would have been included in the 4.1 whatever series, they would have at least teased it. Yes. So don't expect anything sooner than 
And even then, cross your fingers. Um, but we are getting HUD upgrades coming in 4.1. Yep. There's actually, I'm really excited about this. Pete didn't even really care about talking about this, but I was like, but this is fucking awesome. How do you know? Like, so we're not going to go too in depth in it, but it's pretty fucking great in my opinion. Um, so yeah, the top benefits, um, it's, I'm all turned around now because you started it and I had to jump in the middle. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a topic that benefits from having uh, visual representations. So we recommend heading to the developer's blog. Um, because they've got great graphics to go along with. Sorry, I'm moving close to the microphone again. <laughs> they've got great graphics to go along with the descriptions. But in its simplest form, it boils down to the fact that you're going to get more view options for elements like your target information, as well as your buff and debuff information. And I totally wrote as as ass in my typo. In my typing, I'm trying not to laugh at myself. Um, so she's a simple woman. <laughs> I love it when people say that's what I do do. My supervisor got really sick of me laughing at that. <laughs> anyway, um, so not all of that, but some of that can be controlled through your con character configuration right now, which is kind of a pain in the ass and almost just like not even worth dealing with. So the fact that that has been moved to your HUD is a big deal because you're not only going to be able to adjust what you see, where you see it. And the size and the placement, like, it's it's a really big deal. It's going to be great, especially for, like, healers. Honestly, I think that's who it's really going to affect the most because you're going to be able to see, like, a time on how long a debuff or a buff is going to last, which is going to be really exciting. Um, and, and you get more views even for the boss. Now, I think your target, your boss, you get three different uh, views for seeing what he's doing, what his life is like, what he's casting, or she. We're Equal Opportunity Podcast here. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, I do think these changes are cool and I just didn't want to talk about them too much because it's very visual. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I, but I was like, I, I want it to be mentioned because I think it's a very, I feel like with every, uh, patch Square Enix has done a very good job of the quality of life of playing this game taking that into account. And those are things that do get lost when we're complaining about missing content. Content. Is, you know, they... Because people always say, well, that should have been into been in the game at the beginning. Well, you know what? It wasn't in at the beginning and it took development time to get it in. Right. So... Yeah, I, um, I personally really appreciate all these little tweaks and things that they do to make sure that the game is comfortable to play. And I use, I use actually this analogy um, with, with men. It's that... Like, Pete will not notice if I get my fingernails painted. He won't notice that they're, they're pretty and they have this, this beautiful, even color. But if my nails are fucked up and they're all chipped and ugly, you'd be like, God damn, woman, what'd you do to your fingernails? No, I wouldn't. Well, most guys do. They notice it, it's kind of like paintings as well and stuff. You notice when something is wrong. You don't necessarily notice when something is right. And Square Enix has been doing a very good job of trying to take those things that are wrong and fix them. And I personally really appreciate that because I I understand how that's missed so often. So keeping on that theme of kind of missing content, there's some more stuff that we won't be getting on patch 4.1. Let's get that out of the way. But we will be getting in the 4.1x series. So the unending coil of Bahamut. As of now, they're planning on this being released as part of patch 4.11 which should be two weeks after patch 4.1. How can they call it the unending coil if it's going to have an end? 
because they can always add on. Is that the point of this? That's what I'm wondering. Is that is that the whole point of calling it unending? Is that they're just going to keep this as the like saga that they add on to for this extreme, extra, extra extreme savage? I don't know what to call it. Yeah, after ultimate is uh, ultimate savage, and then I sa- like my name better. Savage ultimate extreme. After that, extra, extra extreme. Um, so the new weapons, item level, and savage attributes will be the same as the Genji weapons from Omega Four Savage. But they will contain three materia slots. So we had been saying, why are the top tier raiders going to want to do this content at all if the weapon is just the same as Omega 4 Savage? Right. So one extra materia slot does give some incentive to do it. I still don't know if it's going to be enough incentive for them to do this because I think the materia 6 gives like 40 direct hit, which I think is the material of choice at the moment so i guess that's a decent amount um wando just did my favorite comment of the night it's like being back in the 90s everything has to have an x in the name (laughs) (laughs) xx vegan pete xx um to challenge this you will need to be eye level 340 and have completed omega 4 savage nope Upon completion, all players will receive a token which can be exchanged for a weapon of their choice. These are individual loot and can be obtained once a week. This doesn't mean that the number of chests will decrease even if you go in again after completing to help others. When they originally announced it, it seemed that there wouldn't be a weekly loot limit. But either that changed or something was lost in translation or I misunderstood. I think you were just wrong. Possible. Not likely. Generally, no, that's that's like normal. It's usually wrong. And it's not like wrong, it's wrong. They say they would like to (laughs) receive feedback on the fight, including feedback on the difficulty. But Yoshi P is on record saying, don't complain if this is too hard. So Um, I guess just send your compliments to them. No, but I mean, I guess the point of this content is the complaining about it being too hard is kind of what they want. From the sounds of it? I don't know, or... Hey, hey, Yoshi P, that was just hard enough. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you want do you want to say? So, we're going to be fighting three mobs in this. Twintania, Nail, and Bahamut. So, T5, T9, T13. Um, it's unclear if it's going to be a gauntlet style, or if each one of those is basically going to be a phase. Like, Twintania, phase one, and it's just going to be, like, a normal type fight. Do you actually want to do this? I mean, you, you are going so in detail on the fight that it sounds like something you want to attempt. Oh, yeah. If we end up beating, we're still on Omega Savage 3. You. <laughs> um, I have no I, part I'm, of this. I'm talking about my raid group when I say we. Obviously. I'm just making sure the listeners understand that we does not mean us. Because I don't give a fuck. Um... I think a gauntlet style would be cooler, like if each one of those had their own full fight, but uh they only showed one part of it, so we don't know for sure. I'm kind of leaning towards each one is going to be its own phase, Uh but I did see Twitch. Twi- asking for you to Twitch stream it. Pete does not stream anything. Uh, I-, I totally meant to stream us doing uh Savage this week, and I just forgot. <laughs> he's, he's, he does Savage twice a week and does not stream it and i tell him you don't have to worry about talking while you're doing savage people are literally there to watch you do savage at that point they understand it's a learning group and you're not you can't learn and focus and entertain like do it i meant to i just forgot 
Um, I did see that they have twisters again. So Sorceress I'll, says, do the thing, Pete, in I'll, all caps. If do the thing means use my twister macro again, yes, that's what I'll be doing. But it's not the same. Without, like, it makes me miss really, really old FC members who had, like, just, yeah. T5 was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, it does look and sound like a fun raid to me. So if I ever end up beating 03 and 04 Savage, I definitely want to try it at least. Uh, the problem is, this doesn't add anything to the game for the general population. Most people won't beat Omega 4 Savage, and even less will attempt to clear this. Not gonna even try it. Don't so, care. For the past few episodes, I've been saying that the real problem is a lack of casual content, for lack of a better word, and this isn't helping anything. It's What also is kind of interesting is that um, you... Your and my play styles have increasingly diverged. Like, you are becoming more and more of a serious Raiders type player, and I'm becoming more of a more, I'm gonna make an alt. Yay! Kill things! Well, don't get me wrong. I like creating alts, and it gives you, it makes you feel like you have something to do. Like, you've done it all before. Yeah. But it makes you feel like you have something to do. When you're just sitting at 70, and you have no use for any more tomes, you've already got the gear you want to get, and you have no plans to do Savage, then there's really nothing for you to do. Feels fucking pointless. And when you are married to a man who started a podcast about the game, and you still need to play the game, it's hard to find the drive to play it. And so in order to keep doing that, you make an ult. You can just bitch about it if you want. No, because then if I don't play, I feel guilty doing the podcast being a person talking about a game that I'm not playing. Like, I can't... It makes me feel disgenuine. Like, not genuine. Like, is that the right word? Disgenuine? Ungenuine. Ungenuine? No, no, that feels right. Disingenuine. Anti-genuine. <laughs> Genuine-not. Like, I have no integrity. <laughs> the next thing we know that wasn't coming in 4.1, but is coming in 4.15, is the new PvP format, Rival Wings. We know it's 24v24 and that each side will be comprised of six light parties of four. The new info they detailed was the different types of machina. Thank you, you Wando. I'm interrupting Pete. It's disingenuous. I was close at one point. I, I liked all mine. Uh-huh. Of course you did. Uh, different types of machina that you can use during Rival Wings. There's the Cruise Chaser that does a lot of damage to players but can be easily destroyed. The Oppressor, which will destroy towers and cores, but will do little damage to players and will move at a slower pace. Then there's Brute Justice, which is very powerful, but can only be summoned when all your sides' towers are destroyed. And Mammoths. Rounding out the NPCs in Rival Wings are Mammoths, which will do damage against the opposing team's towers. They cannot be ridden. Wait, this isn't for minions? Don't ride the mammoths. It sounds like Lords of Verminion. It does sound like Lords of Verminion, and adding mammoths in it even makes it feel like Lords of Verminion. Yeah. Hmm. Still not excited for this. No, I honestly, I haven't really loved any of their side game stuff that they've done. This isn't supposed to be a side game. This is supposed to be like mainstream PvP for us. Oh, Okay. And the last thing that we thought we were getting in 4.1 that had to be pushed to 4.15 is the bard ability perform, which is to make your own songs 
Oh, yeah. Apparently, there was a problem with sending the notes to the server and having some sort of weird lag that made your song be all out of whack. Made it be whack. Um, Is that good or bad? To be honest... I don't care if this ever gets released. Yeah, I, pr- I won't do this. This is like glamouring for your bard songs. That's what this is to me. And so I'm okay with that content being delayed. And I will say that none of those three things that we just talked about. Am I? We? You mean you? And am, I just like red chat? Am I on the edge of my seat for? I so, would like to see. I'm excited to see videos that people share of stuff that they make from perform. I feel like it's going to make some fun outside of the game content you know but they said for this don't do anything that's not final fantasy 14 related oh don't upload someone else's song to youtube or else we're gonna have to take the whole thing away oh that's totally gonna happen yeah it's fucking ridiculous yeah that's gonna happen uh people are gonna be like playing acdc on their their harp and being like yeah i am glad they did not hold up the patch to try to get any of that stuff in it because we need the main content that's coming in 4.1. But Chili wants to be a naked performing Lala. Actually, preforming, but perform. <laughs> There's many ways to perform. Yes. Does not have to be as a bard. Bard is fun. It's simple and silly. Okay. So we got a little preview for Hildebrand. Do you want to go ahead and read their little description that they gave us? How depressingly dreary and plain existence is. In those brief interludes between the appearances of the larger-than-life inspector extraordinaire, once more into the sky did he fly, and so once more did Nashu... Makaraka (laughs) set forth in search of her mentor. This time in the Far East. Shocker. But hark! Who lurks in yonder shadow, smelling faintly of cheese? I think I did a good delivery on that. That was pretty good. Like, it, the tone changed so much every, like, mid-sentence. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm looking forward to Hildebrand. You always look forward to Hildebrand. They've got, they've made a point to say this is kind of a preview, which I don't know. You're gonna, you're then going to be disappointed, Pete, that you did not get enough Hildebrand. No, I'm not gonna be disappointed because I don't care that much. Um, I'm not expecting any sort of trial for Hildebrand with this one. And honestly, I don't expect any trial throughout the whole expansion for Hildebrand. I think that's over. Aw. That's actually one thing I've enjoyed about my alt. I realized, I get to replay Hildebrand. That's kind of cool. So, unfortunate, but in my opinion, I don't think we're going to be getting any more uh, trials. And I I urge everyone to adopt that sort of thinking. So if we get it, then we're just pleasantly surprised. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and we also got the preview on the Kojin Beast Tribe, which they got, went on to tell us through- it's Right up your alley. Through, uh, divided, though, that's the word. There's though, no R in that word. Though divided into two factions, the red and blue, all Kojin have labored since time- Jesus Christ, why can I not- Yeah, yeah I don't okay. like the words in this one. <laughs> though divided into two factions, the red and the blue- all Kojin have labored since time immemorial to gather treasures they believe serve as vessels for the divine. The Red Kojin achieved this goal through violence, yeah. once serving as mercenaries for the Garlean Empire. With Imperials now gone, however, 
they have chosen to take control of the treasure vault of the Kojin, knowing full well their blue brethren will not raise arms against them. Instead, the blue Kojin now seek to create their own treasure vault. What hardships will they encounter in their endeavor to honor the divine? <laughs> so I think that was the end of the previews that we got, and we went over the other previews last week. So the only other piece of information we got was pretty important. We got the trailer for patch 4.1. Do you want to go ahead and watch that quickly? And I think we can throw this up on screen, on stream, and uh, we'll go over anything we may have missed. If you turn your monitor slightly toward me so I can actually see it in time. <laughs> You're asking a lot. I know, I'm, I'm super needy. Haven't we learned that Avi should do all the reading by now? <laughs> Peach just pretty. I guess if you want some boring reads. <laughs> Alright, oh, Pete, do the thing. Had this queued up at the right spot. I have no sound. Deed. There we go. If it concerns anything so underhand as an assassination, I fear I can be of little help. The girl the mask on for a baller. That's the... Of old, uh, Was that She's pulling the whole leader thing. Suffice it to say, our people have had their fill of kings, which means we need to find a new way forward. Hearken to me, brothers and sisters of Alamigo. Now is the time that we, the people of Alamigo, must decide what manner of nation we will build for ourselves. So that's the new dungeon, the Scala, and that horse I wanted. It's like a sea horse. All of this is pointless. It actually seems there's really no reason to keep me alive, and you know it. That moment right there seemed really intense to me. There's no reason to keep me alive, and you know it. Like, so, Rabbi's got two arms here. He's fighting. Oh, yeah, that's a flashback anytime you see that color screen. Is this truly what you want, Father? He offers his sword to someone back in the past. And, and we heard Pippin. I am Lise Hext, and I speak for the Resistance. Oh, Shinri, you extreme. You've come from every corner of Girabani to help decide the future of Alamiga. There's Quintania for the ultimate male in Bahamut. Ultimate. Like Cordola's like my scar. <laughs> There's sparkly things coming out of the water. Where your light blossom. Come then. Who will be next to die on my steel? Oh, rival wings. Those, uh, look at those mammoths running around, just like Lords of Dominion. Chili wants to offer his sword to Oh, Shirogani housing. This actually looks, I really do like the Shirogani housing. They show you a house and they add a fencing and then they dye it to match. Like, it was a really cool weeping willow tree. Like, I really like it. 
um, the people playing their harps. Now I haven't really noticed uh, if any of this gear is new. There's a weird explosion with a little catfish dude. <laughs> and then there's an interesting shot of a hand holding a crystal. I'm guessing it's the Kojin. Uh, I think it's probably... This is this part is Return to Ivalice. So I think that crystal part was part of that, too. Big boss fights. Big boss fights. Underwater. Underwater. Waterfalls. Dropping. Big man. I love this guy's little... Bad mustache. Yeah, the mustache guy, like, he's got a very distinct look. Like, I, was, I thought there was actually some real solid effort for that character. Crystal. And I do like that the design is from someone that's not on the FFXIV design team. Some of you guys might Legend returns. And we think the legend is Raubon after that even more, right? I still think that's stupid. I think it's Nanamo. How is she a legend? She disappeared. She's the only one who disappeared who's coming back. Makes more sense than Raubon. She's not coming back. She was never in Olda. She was, or, I mean, she was never in Alamigo. Her freaking country thought she was dead. When? In 3.0? Yeah, like at the beginning ago. of 3.0, like a patch ago? She's already returned. I don't remember her actually returning to the city. I don't remember people actually seeing her return. We know, but I don't remember. Like, you've not seen her, like, doing anything for Ulda. Raubon's been in charge of Ulda. Uh, she, she returned. <clears throat> no, it's not Nanamo. Like, I don't know why she was in disguise and all. <clears throat> like, she looked like how she looked when we first saw her. If you did the Ulda quest, remember by that tree? When she got taken by... Whatever that demon Assian thing was. She's in the paladin job quest. Oh, I didn't know that. That's why you're like, no, she's fine. I haven't seen her. You've seen her in your paladin job was quest. Was it only paladin? That's what Chili's saying. I haven't seen her. I don't know what tree you're talking about or anything. <laughs> I like just thought she was gone. There was a do Oh, the dog man in the ice pretty fucking cute. Um, so yeah. Was there anything in that that you thought we needed to bring up again? I think we hit most everything. Uh, not me personally. Um, if you guys in chat have anything other than what I'm seeing you guys have written out. But um, oh, he says the tree was in 2.0. Yeah. That's before 3.0, Pete. Yeah, I know. I didn't say 3.0. But that's when she went, I thought. I don't know. Just saying. Oh, she has been publicly. All right. I will trust someone who wasn't Pete. <laughs> like a broken clock. I'm right. Two times a day. Well, because your lore knowledge is usually pretty pretty off. She uses that outfit to sneak out of Ulda. Got it. Yeah, and I do not level Paladin, like, at all. Yeah, the 4.0 Paladin quest did have that. I do remember that, even though I thought the quest line in general was pretty lackluster. Aw. Okay, so you had a cool thing, the Golden Joystick Awards. Yes, Final Fantasy XIV shared this on their Facebook page and possibly elsewhere, um, but... They were nominated for a still playing Golden Joystick Award. Um, so if you want to see your favorite game out there on that list of winners, be sure to vote. 
Um, we are going to be sharing the link within Twitch and on our blog for this episode. So um, go vote for Final Fantasy XIV for the Still Playing Award. Um, and be sure to submit your votes by sharing your email address at the end of the questionnaire. Little shameless plug for Final Fantasy XIV. If you love it and you want them to win more awards, they need your help, basically, is what this is saying. Which is cool, because it's still playing. We are still playing it. If you're listening to this podcast, you're either recently playing it or still playing it. Either way, if you're recently playing it, it's a game that's been out for a while, so that in itself is pretty damn cool. And you have something for our EU listeners, which there's at least one of in chat right now. So you finally have access to uh, the Eastern Journey attire, the Flying Cumulus Mount, and the Eastern Journey Battle Stash staff, and 50 Aetherite tickets. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they already had this. This might just be another campaign since none of their campaigns have been very well received. Yeah, not super great. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. So, um, people have, of course, been complaining about this one as well. Um, you go to the website shop2.net and find the in-game item campaign and make a purchase. Um, luckily, um, you are able to purchase game time cards because a lot of it's just different games. So that kind of sucks. You're like, well, I don't want to buy Hitman. I don't want to buy all these other games. I just want to play Final Fantasy XIV. So, that time card is a nice way to do it. Again, this link will be uh, shared in the blog as well and on Twitch. And shocker, I was wrong. Only Germany had got it before. So this is for the rest of the I EU. told you, this is why I don't trust most of the things you say, because you're so good at being wrong, babe. But I'm so good at convincing you that I'm right at the same time. Uh, time cards are on backlog. But as long as you can, if you can still make the purchase chili, please let us know and get credit for it. Because even if it's on backlog, I mean, you're still going to pay your time, right? You can pay it when it comes available. Which is kind of stupid that you even need, like, why? How can the time cards be on backlog? You should not need a physical card. You should be able to just email someone a digital code, which is what they did through Amazon. But, you know, logic. How how dare I try to use logic? Okay. So... There has been a lot of criticism directed at Square Enix from us, from other podcasts, from Reddit, from Mostly Twitter. Mostly you. I haven't, I haven't been as big of a dick about it as you have. You're... Okay, from me and everyone else but Avi. Yes, because Avi's awesome and super nice and, and has great hair. I would say, <laughs> for the most part, I would say it's deserved because they haven't really been transparent. You know, if Eureka got delayed... Go ahead and say it got delayed and, but you know, you can still tease it a little bit. Say you're really excited about it. We just didn't have it quite ready yet. It's going to be in 4.2. Here's a little bit of what we're working on. I would be fine with that. <laughs> but I thought it would be a good time to look back and try to remember how things were at patch 3.1. You able to look that far back, Avi? Maybe when you remind me about shit, but, like, I couldn't tell you what I had for lunch yesterday. Oh, wait. Yeah. Dick, uh, I think patch 3.1 will be remembered because it took so long to hit. If you remember back then, Avi, it was an extra long time. <coughs> and the reason they gave us was they had to give people a vacation because they worked so hard on Heaven's oh, Ward. I remember that. I didn't remember it being 3.1, but I remember that happening. And we're all itching for new content right now, and we were back then. It was actually back then, 
on September 30th, 2015. Two years ago. That I wrote an email to Limit Break Radio about the content lull, in which the bulk of it was championing for open world PvP, which I always do, with real rewards that could keep us busy during these content lulls. And they eventually did an episode around that email, but I got tired of waiting for them to talk about it, which is how this podcast got started to begin with. I'm an impatient son of a bitch. Um, but it was over a month from that email I wrote until patch 3.1 hit on November 9th. So imagine right now if we still had another month to wait until patch 4.1 came out. The only reason I'd be okay with it is because I'm having fun with my alt. Like, I literally legit don't even care about 4.1 because I'm having fun with my alt. I feel kind of guilty, but it's true. Um, I see that, but for everyone else who doesn't want to just make an alt and replay the same content they had before... I've never made an alt. This is my first alt, so for me, replaying is new. Um, I can't really imagine having to wait another month right now for new content. So... Let's talk about the content that we got in patch 3.1 a month from now, or from a month later, two years ago. <laughs> um, we got Void Arc, the 24-man raid, a new Beast Tribe, and Thordan Extreme, which we're all getting equivalents of in patch 4.1, so that's a wash. Okay. The extra that we got in 3.1 was one additional dungeon. We got two back then. We're only getting one now. Uh, the Diadem hit in 3.1, and Lords of Verminion also came at the same time. So this was when they really started trying to add the uh, side game, side adventure sort of stuff. It's not supposed to be side adventure stuff, though. Diadem was supposed to be mainstream content that we all did. Right, but it doesn't... I don't know, it doesn't feel like mainstream. It feels like it's kind of a different world. But it's their goal was to have it be something that every like the casual player does. Like they made it so relic weapon materials drop from there for crafters to use. They made it so if you got lucky, it'd be the best piece of gear you could get at that time. Okay. That's what Diadem was. So it's not like it was just supposed to be some side thing that you do when you're bored, like Lords of Verminion. Um, but to be honest, Lords of Verminion was dead on arrival, and if not dead on arrival, Diadem was on life support. Mm-hmm. So neither of those two things were well received, and I would not want to have those hold up our patch 4.1. I'd rather get what we're getting in patch 4.1 than hold them up for stuff like that. Um, now what we're getting in 4.1 that they didn't get in or that we didn't get in 3.1 is we're getting the new Hildebrand. I don't believe we got any in Heaven's Ward until 3.2. We're getting an Ultimate Raid, which we didn't get at all in all of Heaven's Ward 3.x series. And yeah, so I think for the short term, 4.1 is going to be fine. It's going to be in about a month, a month and a half that we start itching for content again. Mm-hmm. Because in patch 3.15, we got the first step of the relic. And in 4.15, we're getting rival wings, which is not going to hold people's attention like a new relic would. Yeah, I don't... Well, because PvP in general doesn't really hold people's attention. 
And yeah, so for for me, I'm not disappointed in 4.1. I'm disappointed in 4.15 that we're not getting the next relic step. That's what I'm most disappointed about, even though I've kind of been harping on lack of Eureka. Yeah, but I mean, if if you you want to do the unending Bahamut fights, won't the eye level on that be better than the relic? Um, not necessarily, mm-hmm. no. Um, but at the same time, <coughs> working on Ultimate Bahamut, that's less than 1% of the population. And I want content that's going to get the masses to play. Uh, and the masses are going to be bored and calling for new content a month and a half after 4.1 hits. Okay, so what's your point? That 4.1 is fine, but they made a mistake not having a relic in the 4.1x series. We... When we get to 4.2, that's like over 20% of the expansion, like time before we're supposed to get to like 5.0. Right. So that's a long, long that's a long time to go without having your relic, which is supposed to be something we're continuously leveling. True. Very true. Okay. So that was just my main point. Uh, the last piece of news I saw right before we started the podcast was there was a story. And I think we'll probably touch on this a little more next week. I just wanted to mention it because there's probably going to be headlines on this. It was like gamedevelopment.biz or something like that. Did an interview with Yoshi P. And one of the segments that I've seen uh, posted around was like FFXIV could go free to play, you know, supported by microtransactions and stuff like that. Well, when you read the article, it goes on to say, or Yoshi P.'s quote is, if 80 to 90% of the population demanded that, mm. which I don't think will happen. No. And I'll go on record to say, if Final Fantasy XIV ever goes free to play, that's it for this podcast. Because <laughs> <coughs> I, I hate free to play games because I don't want to have to get to the end of a quest line and then have to pay a dollar to move on. Oh, I see. I don't ever play games like that, so I guess I can't really comment because I don't really... Mm. No. So... We'll talk about more on that because it was a fairly decent article, but I'm sure that's the part that's going to be getting the headline that Final Fantasy XIV could go free to play. And honestly, that's not going to happen anytime soon. I don't see that happening anytime before 5.0 or 6.0. And one, (laughs) I don't want to talk too much on it yet. But uh, one of his quotes did say that Final Fantasy XIV currently has the most active subscribers that it's ever had. And by seeing people in-game, that doesn't seem true to me. So I'm interested to see what other people's opinions are on that. Um, well, I mean, that's not a opinion-based thing. Isn't that a number-based thing? Yeah, but unless you're going to actually disclose to us the numbers, like, do I trust you? Well, I mean, I mean, you say that, but I can see how many people are logging in in game. You also play on an underpopulated server. I'm just saying. I'm saying I'm more I go through a lot of the forums. I go through Twitter a lot more than you do Mm -hmm, because it's all blocked at my job. (laughs) And that's what pretty much every server is describing to me. So what I see with my eyes and what Yoshi P is saying doesn't mesh at the moment. We'll talk more about that next week because I didn't have enough time to really digest everything in that article. Okay. Why don't you tell us about what you've been experiencing on your alt? 
Um, as, <clears throat> as I've mentioned earlier, sorry guys, I have like a really bad tickle in my throat that's making it difficult to talk if you've heard me coughing and I've been trying to <clears throat> get past it. Um, I, like I said, I've been having a lot of fun and I have decided that I am going to work toward leveling every single class to 59, uh, so that I will be taking as much advantage of the road to 60 buff as possible. Um, and I'm not going to do it just like to speed level. Like, I mean, I know I'm using the buff for the, the benefit of the speed, um, but I think it's going to be, I'm really going to have fun with it. So my plan is actually to level DPS, then a healer, then a DPS, then a tank, then a DPS, and then kind of start over. That way I kind of don't get burnt out on DPS cues or, you know, and I'm not like having to stick to it, but if I finish, you know, I'll, that's the, the sort of class I'm going to try to pick next. Um <clears throat> And, um, I'm actually also decided that I'm going to stop leveling a class once it has either acquired a job stone or once it has, uh, caught up to where I am within the MSQ. Because, um, basically the reason that kind of inspired me to do this is that I'm getting so much experience points that even if I, if I level a class up to be the exact level that I need for my main scenario quest, very shortly that class is five to six levels above the main scenario quest. Mm -hmm. And so, kind of a way of taking advantage of the experience you get from that is to level another one and and get it to match up with that and then go. Yeah, there's a question <clears throat> in chat. Uh, does the road 260 buff disappear once you get a job 260? And I can't confirm for sure because I've never done it, but I believe it goes away. That's that's the belief. That's kind of what this test is really too. Like we're going to kind of see what happens. If Are you able to level every class to 59? Um, with this. So we'll, we'll let you know. I'm not going to do it quickly because I am going to school a few nights a week and stuff at the same time. Um, but I did notice that the buff does apply to crafters. And so I'm assuming it does apply to gatherers as well. Um, that was interesting to me. You said you gained like three levels on a crafter making one item or something like that. On level one, I made my first item and I leveled to three from, from getting the bonus from crafting a new item and just from craft the experience from crafting the item. And I didn't have, a, we, the only bonus we had on for the free company was, uh, like battle exp. So there wasn't a mm. crafter bonus on. So, um, yeah, I was like, oh, well, that's kind of interesting to do. Oh, it stays past 60. You just need to be in a job below 60 to get the buff. Thank you, Kinjo. That's oh, very that's appreciated. That's good to know. Uh, another thing from <laughs> that article I just talked about was Yoshi P did say in the next expansion, we might get the free trial up to 50. Oh, wow. Which I think the free trial being up to 30 on as many classes as you wanted was a really good step to get people interested in the game. Mm -hmm. So once you know the level cap is 80, I could definitely see him raising it to 50, and I think that'd be a really good change. Let's people learn the jobs a little bit. Um, and then another thing I did this week was I actually tried out PvP the Feast with a friend. Um, which was pretty interesting. Um, first I went in as Black Mage, and that was not super fun. Um, but then she and I went in together as co-healers, and we rocked the hell out of it. Our teams actually won three matches in a row. Um, so yeah, I can actually say for once I can get behind Healing and Feast. It was 8v8. Um, but there were at least for sure one out of those three that we won was due to our healing, which was pretty cool. Like, like nobody was really killing each other kind of thing. Like it was kind of, but we were, our team was not dying at all. Nice. So it was, it was pretty fun. So, um, that was something I definitely recommend checking out. Now, are you still using your Garo title? So you get credit for those wins. 
Because I think the Garo event is still going on. This is my alt character. Oh. So I have no title. <laughs> um, they did definitely... Um, the experience buff you get from doing Feast isn't insane, which I actually kind of liked for me because I enjoyed the healer and I would have been bummed if my leveling of my healer was already done because the buff was so good. Um, so it's not, it's still good experience, but it's not like Palace of the Dead. Holy shit, I got three levels after I finished those 10 floors. So, uh, yeah. <clears throat> and for me this week, I still did some savage raiding, but unfortunately, half of our group was either on vacation or out sick. So we only had four of us to go, and it took us our first raid night of the week just to beat, uh, Omega 2 Savage in, uh, Duty Finder. Or, I guess you just put party it finder. up. Party finder. Party finder. And, uh, and then on Sunday night when we were raiding, we had a couple decent runs, but we never made it to Enrage, and people would just drop, like, our best run, like, someone would drop after one wipe, and, yeah. So that wasn't a great time. <laughs> no, he was, uh, that was actually a night I was playing a little bit. And then he started raiding, and I was like, I'm going to leave the room because he just doesn't feel happy. And I don't want to be around it and possibly in the, like, fire range of... <laughs> and then most of the time, like, I actually logged on a decent amount this week, but it was always really late. Yeah. So I didn't get too much grouping time, but it did give me time to level my last crafter, my alchemist, to level 70. And then I started... uh crafting some uh what not weapons but tools for my gatherers and i went around getting some yellow scripts on those so that actually made me feel good like i enjoy doing rotations for crafting i don't like hitting a mo uh no just over and over to get materials yeah like i want to actively do something <laughs> while i'm gathering so that was fun for me i enjoyed that Pan panda just told me that when you when you feel like that is when i should give you a hug and not let go until you're happy again. But I honestly think that would be what would cause P to physically punch me. And I don't I think there's actually anything that, you. well, I think if I tried to hug you while you were pissed off about raiding, you would, you would at least get really close to, like, you would not be okay with that hug. No, you would make me laugh eventually. I don't know. No, the way I make P laugh is I go, to do it on him when he's talking. And he gets mad and he's looking at me and he's mad and he tells like, stop it. And then his mouth goes a little bit and then he starts laughing. Yeah, I take offense to that. People Every are going to think I'm an asshole. I never get mad at that shit. Um, so yeah, that was about the end of what I did. Like I had legitimately had a good time crafting and gathering this week. Good. I've had fun with my alt. That's what you do in lols. And now it's time for the community roundup, partner. And this is one from you this week. I, I think this is my first community roundup I've actually written. Um, this week's community roundup comes from our friends over at Maelstrom Radio and Gamerscape. The two of them have actually teamed up for a really great cause. They have formed uh, FFXIV Content Creators Extra Life Team. Their team is on a mission to help sick and injured kids within their local communities. Each has chosen their local Children's Miracle Network hospital that treats thousands of children each year regardless of their illness injury or even their family's ability to pay so it's basically sort of a kickstarter event and they are using their connections within the final fantasy 14 community to help raise one thousand dollars to help these children so please if you can check out their website we'll be sharing it in twitch and again on this week's episodes 
this episode's week's blog, this week's episode blog episode. I don't know. It'll be there because Pete will make sure to paste it. And if he doesn't, tweet out, Pete, you failed at pasting the link to the thing to help out those sick kids. You poor, poor person, you. I don't know. I'm going with it. <laughs> what sick kids? <clears throat> it's kids from um, their local Children's Miracle Network Hospital. They cheat. They just treat a bunch of kids, whether yeah. it's illness, injury, or like you know, poor families. You probably weren't listening, but we've talked about extra life before. Well, fine. <laughs> Usually, uh, by this end of the this point of the podcast, I'm toned out and I'm hungry, and you're still talking. Okay, so let's get to some listener reaction. <laughs> Uh, Jan Snow says, at She Heals, I Tank just finished episode 64 and we're on 92. Right. Um, not sure if I should be saying congrats or happy six months. Love the show and your real life chemistry. And that was the moment I realized that we had been married for six months. Like I had <sighs> time flies. Within that six months, we went on our honeymoon, bought a house. Like, we've been busy doing stuff. But like, we have yet to send out our thank you cards. I've lost track <laughs> of time. Well, there'll be party hats for episode 100. We had party hats for our eternal bonding renewal episode and party poppers. We did have those. Yes, and uh, this week I've really been writing down on some paper stuff I want to plan leading up to 100. Why don't you, like, collaborate with me and let me know these things? You share don't want to know these Share this things. piece of paper. I'm the one who bought all the decorations for so, the eternal bonding ceremony. Well, I wasn't talking about in stuff here. I was more saying some other podcasters should be expecting some emails from me coming up. We'd like to have some guests on the show. We meaning you, because I'm obviously not privy to this. <laughs> it's a surprise for you, Avi. Ah, uh, okay. What's our next piece of feedback? Um... Oh, this one happened actually just today. It was nerd at Casey Renfair. She says, been having a gross day. Then I remembered one of my favorite podcasts is on Twitch tonight. And I was like, damn it. We're live on Twitch tonight. <laughs> and, and I know Casey Renfair. Like, <gasps> I said, oh, is it me? This is Avi, you know, the, the one that matters. And, and she was like, oh, hells yes, Avi. Basically saying you are the one that matters and Pete is just there for his, like, beard. It's got to be good at something. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with being here for the beard. Um, and TJ emailed in, don't burn out. I need your podcast. Also, let Avi know she can join us on FamFrit if she needs a breath of fresh air. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, TJ. And I have to say, I was feeling the burnout more... Two weeks ago than I was this most recent week. Now that I got out of my routine and started doing a little more crafting and gathering again. Because if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know I've really been into crafting and gathering. And I've always told people to do it. But then lately, I, I just... The whole leveling process just gets monotonous. Now that I can go and gather some higher level stuff, work on melding my gear... Like, that's the shit that does it for me. Like, make me get out. It uh, does it for you, huh? Make me get out some pen and paper and figure out my melds. Like, oh, yeah. You haven't had, like, multiple pads of paper on your desk lately. It's just lots of I have audio cables. one computer printout that still has the fish I need to catch for a Realm Reborn quest. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's bad. All right. Well, that is going to be it for this episode. As always, we enjoy hanging out with all you guys live here on Twitch. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We super appreciate it. 
Uh, be sure to hit that follow button so that you... God damn it, Panda. <laughs> he commented that crafting really puts the blood in Pete. <clears throat> I'm going to leave it at that. If you've been listening, you know what that means. Yeah. Um, so, and of course, thank you to everyone listening to the podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever you choose to listen to us on. Um, and regardless of how you're listening to us, it would mean a shit ton to us if you took a moment out of your day and left us a rating or review. Um, that helps more people find our podcast, which is kind of the whole point of this shindig, right? Is to make people listen to us. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I listen just, to me. I just saw that our sub number went up and I didn't see the name come across the screen. It was so I, I must have the wrong setting for that. But uh thank you and I'll I'll shout you out at the beginning of next episode. It was chilly. Oh, thank you, Chili, again. <laughs> um so oh, oh, Panda wants to do a shameless channel plug. Oh, if you've enjoyed what we've been doing on this shit podcast and you happen to be a Amazon Prime subscriber, or you happen to have a couple of ducats burning a hole in your pocket, we'd be so honored if you decided to sub to our channel, and you can get our sweet little emoticon of a pile of shit with a green leaf coming out of it, because from shit comes knowledge. And our next emoticon, I've decided without Pete's approval, is going to be our She Heals I Tank logo. So that, because I noticed that uh, Chili shared one earlier with all the different podcast logos, and ours was a pile of poop with a green leaf, and I would rather it was the logo I put effort would into Would you designing. not rather change our logo to the shit with the green leaf? But that's not our logo. I tried to make it a pile of poop. You fought me tooth and nail. But now that we have it, we can just change it. If you want. But I like the logo we designed, so that'll be a, that'll be our next, that'll probably, I'm not sure if that'll be the uh amazon prime specific one or if that'll be probably one everyone can use so it can be shared but we will eventually make you guys a special one because you are special yeah and the one the one that everyone can use like they have to download a plugin to be able to use so oh i see so all right so with vegan pete i'm avi ale and we will talk to you all next week goodbye goodbye